Good morning. It is good to see you this morning. We are so glad that you are here. And like JJ did, I want to wish you a, uh, a belated Merry Christmas. And I want to go one step further, especially for the parents and the kids in here. And my gift to you is to let you know that my sermon is going to be shorter than normal. So I know we just blew past the time that normally we would dismiss for children's church. And I don't have to tell you kids or parents that. You know that better than I do right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to preach a little bit shorter than I normally would. But to get rolling, I want to show you a little video. I asked a few of our members to share one of the most memorable gifts they've ever received. And here's what they said. Let's watch. My favorite present that I ever received was when I was in high school. My parents got me two season tickets to our local professional soccer team. And that was something that I really enjoyed because they got me the two tickets. So that was something that me and my brother could enjoy together every week. I received the most memorable gift I've ever received about 14 years ago from my grandpa. He was not my biological grandfather, but we were very close. One thing about him was he always had a pocket knife with him. He would frequently give me one for Christmas or a birthday. Now, about 14 years ago, he actually passed away. But that Christmas, my grandma gave me a knife that he had in his collection. But it wasn't just any knife, because the box that it came in had my name on it, and it was written in his handwriting. He had earmarked it for me before he passed away, so to receive a gift from him after he was gone was just beyond special. I think of it often, and I will never forget it. Hello, church. This is Janet Smith. My me most memorable gift is actually a twofer. My daddy was a master sergeant in the Marine Corps during World War II and the Korean War. Mom was a substitute teacher and then became a first grade teacher. And they were blessed with three little girls, Shirley, Carol, and I'm the baby. Mom was always a good seamstress, but to my knowledge, daddy had never built anything before. But one Christmas morning when I was four years old, my sisters and I awoke to find under the tree a brand new dollhouse built by daddy and three bride dolls with wedding gowns that had been sewn by mom. Now one of those bride dolls has survived the test of time. My sister Carol still has hers and even though she did not cut her doll's hair like I did, you could see, if you were able to see a picture of it, that the bloom is off the rose. But when the doll was still in very good shape, mom used to use it as a bridal shower centerpiece, and it brought smiles to many a young bride-to-be. The dollhouse survived us three girls, grandchildren, and a few hundred first grade students. It did finally come tumbling down after about 40 years of wonderful service. It had been built on the rock foundation of a loving father. 
Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. Uh, okay, I'm so grateful that they shared. And when you listen to their stories, you start to see that underneath the surface is not just a gift, but it is the love behind the gift that really stands out. So for Chris Walker, the gift of season tickets to the local professional soccer team wasn't just about soccer, was it? It was really about that connection that he got to have with his brother every time they went to a game. Or for Brock Gandy, the knife wasn't just about a knife, but it was about a relationship with a grandfather and a grandfather who had passed, but thought of him and remembered him before his passing. And so he gave this gift, earmarked that, set it aside before he passed. Or Janet Smith's wonderful story, and I love those pictures, Janet. Thank you for sharing those also. Stories of a dollhouse and uh, the dresses that went with these dolls. And those stories weren't just about the objects, were they? They were about the love behind the objects. So a mother who was a very good seamstress, and that was a beautiful dress with the doll, and a father who it sounds like didn't build a lot, but he built something beautiful out of love. And it is that kind of thing that I like to grab on to during this time of year, because again, as JJ alluded to, it is easy for me to get a little bit cynical during the holiday season every year, because we can be bombarded with the consumerism and uh, the commercialism. And anytime we have these moments that allow us to go a little deeper and see the love that holds those things up, it pushes us a little further into the love that this time of year is all about. It is the love of a God that was so immense for the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever believed in Him would not perish but would have eternal life, life of the new age. And it is that love that carries us forward. And it's that love that I'm praying will not only close out this year for you, but it's that love that's going to carry us into the new year, into 2022. Now, I've got a little confession for you. I started this morning by telling you that my sermon was going to be shortened. And my confession is my sermon really isn't a sermon. It is mostly a prayer. And my prayer isn't my prayer. It's the prayer of Paul from Ephesians 3. And this scripture isn't even a scripture I'm going to read. I'm asking another one of our college students who's home for the holidays to come up and read it. So, Kaysen, thank you for reading a few minutes earlier. Daniel Powell, I didn't know it was your birthday when I asked you to read, but I'm so glad you're going to come up. Come up and read for us from Ephesians 3. And Annabelle Childers, another one of our college students, is going to close out the service in prayer. So, I'm grateful that you're here. Come on up. You're going to read. I know, I threw you for a curveball, right? I, I talked and then I kept talking. Ephesians 3.14, you're going to see that on the screen behind her. For this reason, I kneel before the Father 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth drives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the spirit and in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in the Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I feel a little bit guilty because I feel like I, uh, I tricked Danielle just a little bit this morning, and that is last Sunday I saw several of our college students in. I said, hey, I would love for you to participate in the service, and they're like, what, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, you got two choices. You can say a prayer or you can read a scripture, and every one of them said, I'll, I'll read a scripture. Um, and so I said, great, I'll have you read a scripture. But the way I tricked you is I had you read a prayer that is a scripture. So even though you got up and you read a scripture, you read a prayer, and it is one of my favorite prayers. And this is what I'm hoping for you, not just this morning, but for this week and into the coming year. And this is my encouragement for all of us. And that is, I'm encouraging you to make this prayer your prayer over the coming weeks and months. Maybe it's a prayer that you adopt for 2022. And rather than diving deep into just all the layers of this prayer, and there is so many layers to this prayer, I just want to let you know a few things that I'll be praying for myself and for you, for our church in this coming year. And one of the things that I'm praying is that you will be, as Paul prays, rooted in God's love. That everything that you do in this coming year will go deep into the soil of God's love and that you will flourish and you will grow because the nutrients of God's love helps you sprout into something more beautiful and wonderful. And I'm praying for you and I'm praying for me that we are established in God's love or literally that God is the foundation on which you build. That's what that word means. That whatever you construct for this new year, that it is built on God's love. That it is built for God's love. That it is built because of God's love. And then here's the tricky part of this prayer. If everything we're doing is planted in God's love, is founded in God's love, it would help if we could just a little bit more grasp that love. And so that's my prayer, but that's the irony of this prayer is Paul is saying, I want you to grasp the ungraspable. I want you to know this love that really surpasses knowing. It surpasses knowledge. I, I want you to grab on to that for which God has already grabbed onto you. This 
love that is wider and longer and higher and deeper, then we can really fully comprehend. And the encouragement to you as you continue to pray this prayer is that you don't have to comprehend it for it to be true. You don't have to accomplish something big for God's love for you to be true. You don't have to go deeper in your walk, although I pray you do, for God's love to be true. You don't have to perfect your life for God's love to be true. We are here because God's love precedes us. We are here because God's love holds us up. We are here because God's love is faithful. Even when we are faithless, when we stumble, we are loved. And when we succeed, we are loved. In all things, we are loved because God is love. And God has decided that you are worthy of love. God has created you worthy of love. God has created all that God has made worthy of love. So I want to show you another video. And this one is with a man named Ernie Johnson. Some of you will know that name. Some of you may not know that name. If you are a fan of NBA basketball, then there is a chance that you have seen Ernie Johnson sometime over the last 20 years. Because Ernie Johnson is the host for Inside the NBA on TNT, the channel TNT. And he is the one with the panel discussion that has on it Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith. And he is the one that tries to bring order in the midst of their chaos. And so if you've seen a game over the last 20 years, and theirs is the show that pops up before a game and in the middle of the games and after the games, and he's really good at his job, but he's an even better human being, him and his wife. I I read his autobiography a couple of years ago, and they are a great couple of compassion and love and generosity of spirit and faith. And it was within the last couple of months that one of their children, an adopted child named Michael, passed away. And it was a couple of years ago that he shared with those that work with him at TNT and Turner Broadcasting a little bit about his son and how they came to adopt their son. And so I want to watch this together. Let's watch this video. Let me say something about this picture. Number one, my wife both loves this picture and hates this picture because she was having a bad uh, hair year. But See, when we decided to add to this, add to our family through adoption, 
Uh, she went to Romania having no idea what was going to happen, who she was going to bring back, if anybody she was going to bring back. All we did was we wanted to give some kid a chance that he didn't have or she didn't have. And so this, this guy is almost three years old and had been outside one day in his life, and that was the day he was found abandoned in a park at birth. He'd been warehoused in, these, in this Romanian orphanage. And the woman at the orphanage who handed Michael to Cheryl, first child that Cheryl laid eyes on, you know what she said to Cheryl? Don't take this boy, he's no good. Don't take this boy, he's no good. wonder as we bring Cheryl brings Michael home and we take him to the doctor and he goes to a bunch of specialists because the child she's holding right there couldn't walk couldn't talk just made noises um, had, a, had a foot that was totally turned in and I remember what my wife said on the phone. It was that I, this guy's so much more than we can handle. But I can't imagine going through the rest of my life wondering what happened to that blonde-haired boy in that orphanage. And when they bring him home and he gets diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, and now he's three years old and he's got this fatal disease and you don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to handle that. And you wonder, where's the value? Each was this, this woman who said, don't take this boy, he's no good. And what's amazing is the value reveals itself. And so when Michael got through, got up to high school, he's in a wheelchair and a basketball coach named Phil Bolier is in, at Mill Creek High School. And, and Phil Bolier hears Michael's wheelchair go into a room and then he follows him in there and, and, he, get, and he just meets Michael and he was like, and the, the teacher's like, well, yeah, this is Michael Johnson. He's got muscular dystrophy and, and he's, and he's um, a little bit autistic. He's got this incredible memory. He never forgets cars and that kind of thing that what you drive. And, and so Phil tells Michael what kind of car he drives and Michael digs that. And then, and, and then Phil turns to leave and Michael says, love you too, coach. Coach turns around and says, what? And the teacher says, he says that to everybody. Love you too. And he does even if you don't say it to him first. That's always been that way. And he says, well, Phil Bolier, I didn't know him at all. He didn't know me. He calls me and says, I want your son on my basketball team because I want him to teach my players maximum effort because I know every ounce of strength he's got he uses to drive this chair. And I want him to teach a heart for others because this love you too thing just floors me. 
He said, sure. You want him on your team, but realize he's in a wheelchair and he's not going to be able to do much for you offensively. He said, no, he's going to be my, he's going to be my five, he's going to be my five foot tall impact player with no vertical leap. Because I just want my players hanging around this guy. And so while, while Phil Bolier is teaching and coaching, he's teaching his classes. He'll just bring up in the middle of it. I want to tell you all a story today just about a buddy of mine named Michael Johnson. And he, he loves to say, love you too. And he says, and you know what, you know what this sign is? This is, this is, I love you in sign language. And if, and if you tip your index finger to the other person, it means love you too. So Phil is teaching this to thousands of kids at Mill Creek High School. While Michael is part of that team and sitting behind the bench during games. And they had senior night at Mill Creek High School. Michael did this for three or four years. And on senior night, all the players came out. They got a blanket with the Mill Creek logo on it, their name on it. Seniors, everybody clapped. The last, the last guy they, they called out was, was Michael. And he gets out there and they give him his blanket and stuff. And the crowd cheers and I look up in the student section and they're standing like this. take boys no good he had done more through that point in his life and impacted more folks than I could ever hope to because there is value inside everybody you may not be able to do things the way we all do it you may have a different strength and different weakness and that kind of thing but there's always value find it God so loved the world because there is value in everybody. God made it that way. And my prayer for this upcoming year is that you will see it. And my prayer for this upcoming year is that you will grasp it. That you'll grasp the ungraspable. That you'll know what none of us can ever fully know. The height and the width and the length and the depth of this love that passes our full ability to comprehend it. And so my prayer is that this will be your prayer in the coming year, that you'll get just a little bit more of this love, but I'm going to let you off the hook because you don't have to be able to get it to get it. 
You don't have to be able to earn it to receive it. And so we turn to the one this upcoming year as we continue to pray this prayer. We turn to the one who authored and created and sustains us in love. Into him who is able to do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen.